1: yet to be determined is how it will be written. That's Paul McKee's multi-billion dollar Northside Regeneration Project. Two St. Louis public radio reporters have been taking a close look and are finding that the project that has been controversial from the beginning remains so. Reporters Rachel Lippmann and Kay Petron join me in studio. We'll look at where the project is and where it may or may not be going. Thank you both for being with me. Nice to have you. Of course. Mm Rachel, let me begin with you. This is an ever-tangled web, isn't it? Oh boy,
2: shown. yeah. I mean, the number of different rabbit holes that Kay and I could have crawled down to report the story and just sort of pulled out kind of kept growing and growing and growing as we looked at documents and documents and documents and documents. I mean, the number of trees we have probably killed in doing this project is, is not something we really want to admit to. But yeah, it's and the big thing, too, is that it's been shrouded in a lot of just secrecy and mystery, even back from when McKee was first buying up properties on the north side under all of these different names of companies not really knowing who the owner was. This um, one agreement that I took a look at in my piece is future assurances agreement negotiated sort of in private without a whole lot of input from aldermen who have been overseeing this development. Even last night, I was at a hearing on this uh, sort of uh, special area they want to put around the uh, NGA site to control what uh, businesses can open up in certain areas of there. It's all just very confusing and mysterious to these residents. And a lot of the stuff that should be public-facing in some ways isn't.
0: And I think Kay kind of found a lot of the examples of that.
1: Yeah, accountability yeah. is a big part of your story, Kay.
0: Yeah, so I, I took a look at some of the specific documents uh, that should have been created sort of throughout this process to do, to inform people what exactly was going on. Um, And I found... Uh, A couple different things that were sort of odd um, and ended up focusing in on something called – that was supposed to be an online database of uh, complaints uh, recorded about properties, um, their resolutions, uh, just – Dates and processes and sort of accountability for solving any sort of property maintenance issues. Mm. Um, and this was supposed to be available to a bunch of different entities in the city from the Citizen Service Bureau to the Inspector's Office uh, to police departments. And um, the Inspector's Office had not heard of it. Uh, police departments said they didn't have it. Citizen Service Bureau said they didn't have it. And I went to paul mckee and was like hey where is this and he's like oh it's you know it's in my office you can go there in person and in our office in Northside, and you can look at all the spreadsheets there and um so there's there's some you know there's some uncertainty about whether or not that really fulfills the letter and spirit of the agreement um sldc says you know this should have been online people should be able to see this online um and so that that was sort of the the main gist of accountability is this document that people should have been able to you know see the property maintenance happening in real time and hmm.
1: mm, well, what what tricky. are the residents saying I mean they they were supposed to be uh, uh, getting this information, and they're not apparently uh so what are they saying
0: The residents are really frustrated um a lot of them so the person who sort of supposed to be keeping track of all this and who does keep track of um, at least some of it uh, is an ombudswoman named Delonia Winston. And a lot of the residents knew that she existed and that she was sort of around and worked for Paul McKee. But a lot of them say, you know, they had no idea that she was taking complaints and they had no idea that she uh, was recording them either. And they just, you know, they just didn't know about this. Um, Even though in the agreement, it explicitly says that Northside Regeneration was supposed to inform them and make it so that they had a clear, simple system for sort of navigating all of this.
1: So, Rachel, where did that put us now in terms of where we are?
0: (laughs) Well, where we are right now
2: is there is some question about, first of all, what deal is actually in control of this entire agreement. In both 2009 and 2014, the St. Louis Board of Aldermen approved these two redevelopment plans. And those two were basically the same thing, $390 million in tax incentives spread out over about a two-square-mile area of North St. Louis, a total of one, uh, sorry, $8 billion in development that McKee was going to put in. The 2014 agreement extended some deadlines. They were coming off of of a lawsuit, the Great Recession. They thought it was fair to extend the deadlines, open up uh, all of the area to development incentives. In 2015 and 16, the city began to negotiate to keep the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency's Western headquarters mm-hmm. here in St. Louis. They were originally going to use the pruitt Igo land, which is at the corner of the uh, southeast corner of Cass and Jefferson Avenues by the fire department. And that would have been an easy solution because it was one piece of property owned by one person. It wasn't big enough for the security needs of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. They needed a larger area to be able to put in a security barrier. So they went to look – our security border. They looked then north of Cass at a site on the – Uh, what turns out to be the northeast corner of Cass and Jefferson, where it was a whole mishmash of owners. And one of the things that the federal government required was that if they wanted to build the site, it all had to be under the control of one owner. So the city and Northside Redegeneration and the Bank of Washington, which had lent a lot of money to McKee, negotiated basically a new redevelopment deal whereby the land would be sold at a discount to the city because they needed the property. And the redevelopment agreement would be renegotiated deadlines got extended again and instead of focusing on specific projects that had to be completed it was a specific amount of development that had to happen in x amount of time it was supposed to go to the board of aldermen for approval it never did there is no record that it was ever even introduced at the board the city is saying now, after it declared default, uh, said McKee wasn't living up to his deadlines, that, oh, well, you know, we've declared you in default of this separate agreement. And what McKee and the bank are saying is basically, uh, you are negotiating on behalf of the city here and holding yourself out to be representative of the city as this political entity. And that's going to have to be fought out in court. And they, uh, the Bank of Washington has already su- sued, saying, sort this out, We negotiated this deal to give up title to this land in good faith, and we don't believe we had a good faith partner on the other side. So that's kind of where we are. Um, Work is underway on a gas station and a grocery store. It's sort of the first major construction that has happened in the north side area. The site of the new NGA is cleared um, and seeded to keep the dust down. Uh, construction on that is supposed to start in 2019. I believe the land will get turned over to the federal government in 18. So not a whole lot of work has been done, and it's not entirely clear what the deadlines were, where, when, why, who, how.
1: And, Kay, people have to be reminded that this has been going on for 10 years. It was 10 years ago, wasn't it, that Just this about, whole, yeah. mm-hmm. whole thing started? So uh, the next steps are unclear, unknown?
2: Courts. Um, I mean, this is this is, yep. is going to be tied up in court. Um, the Bank of Washington, which again was a lender to Paul McKee for a lot of the land assembly that he did and had title to some of the land in that NGA site that was needed. They are the ones who have sued the city over the city declaring default. The city has turned around and is trying to say that they have clear title to all of this land, and therefore Bank of Washington has no claim in its lawsuit. Separately, the state of Missouri has sued Paul McKee over his use of a tax credit to build some of that land.
1: You cover the Board of Aldermen. You've mentioned the fact that uh, they, they are, have as many questions, I guess, as most of us do. What, what is the mood like there with regard to the continuation of this project?
2: I don't know that they have a way to stop it right now. They, I suppose, could rescind the – pass an ordinance to rescind the previous ordinance, which would be the redevelopment deal. But that's going to get you into a lot of breach of contract issues and probably need to another lawsuit – It'll be curious to see if there's an appetite. They have called for investigations into McKee and the development. We know there's a state investigation underway. We strongly suspect there's a federal investigation underway uh, related to, to who knows what, maybe because it's a federal project with the NGA. I guess they could increase oversight. They could limit the authority of the St. Louis Development Corporation to negotiate redevelopment deals sort of behind their backs. But I have actually noticed a trend at the Board of Aldermen in terms of just incentives in general that really did start uh, with McKee and sort of the amount he was asking, where we may be getting to the point where the objection isn't to what the project is but the fact that it is getting incentives. And that would be enough, especially in the Central Corridor, to, a lim- to tank a redevelopment plan. So I don't know what the Board of Aldermen is really going to do with McKee or what their options are to do with Northside Regeneration, but I think this will continue to have an impact on how they look at and award incentives.
1: Kay, you've talked to Mr. McKee. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us some sense of, of the, your conversations with him and how he seems to be reacting to uh, all of this.
0: So, I think the really big thing that you hear from Paul McKee is that you know he says he's he's been doing his due diligence he's abiding by the agreement that um that you know he and the Bank of Washington say is this <clears throat> primary agreement currently uh in effect, the future assurances agreement, he says, under that, I'm good to go. He says, you know, I've been recording all of this. I have proof that I've been doing everything. And the city is just, you know, they're raking me over the coals. Um, he he talks a bit about um, how suddenly he's been getting all these property notices that he, you know, never had issues with before. And um, there's, there's a real sense that he is being punished for something that he didn't do wrong.
1: What, what kind of property notices? What are we talking about with them?
0: Um, so there's uh, a whole separate issue just related to the property maintenance. Um, the sort of idea behind this property maintenance plan that the database was created as a result of okay. was to keep an eye on how he's treating uh, how he's treating his properties, whether they're in good condition, whether they're following uh, city code. And um, up until recently, a lot of people in the neighborhood said, you know, these properties are falling apart. They're violating code. Why aren't you doing anything about them? Um, and McKee says, you know, the city didn't really send us. They'd ask us to board something up, but we would never have to really deal with it beyond that. And uh, the city started sending him notices of violation that his properties are not consistent with code and that he has to build stairwells for buildings that don't have walls on uh, some sides and things like that which of course
2: raises the question mm-hmm. Which I think McKee is sort of asking, but why wasn't the city doing this before? Yeah. If this building isn't at code now, it wasn't at code probably three, four, five, mm-hmm. six years ago. These were not you know, buildings that were in great shape, had been boarded up, mothballed, just seeking future development. A lot of these were older houses. Some of them, I think, were in better shape when yes. he originally obtained them. But a lot of these were not necessarily up to code or in great shape mm-hmm. to begin with. And so where was the city then? And I think that's what a lot of citizens and residents in the area want to know. In addition to McKee, McKee is wanting to know, like, what did I do wrong? And the city is sitting here going – or the residents are going, why wasn't the city doing it before? Yep. My impression of McKee has always been that he's kind of a true believer. He mm-hmm. excuse me, really thinks that he is the person called, picked, whatever you want to say – to come in and really revitalize the North side, and that he's going to be the one to do it for whatever reason. How,
1: do we know how much money he has into this project up to this point?
2: He says he's put his own money into it, but in terms of the amount that he's put into it, has I don't know that he has ever, at least to us, put a mm-hmm. number to it.
1: The uh, NGA project, as you've mentioned, uh, has been on the periphery of this thing, pretty much. Uh, is there... You're shaking your head. Well,
2: it, it, it's McKee will say that he is the one who saw that the NGA wanted to move, responded to their mm-hmm. request for proposals, and you know was instrumental in getting it done. And to some extent, he is right in that he could have played much harder hardball with the city in terms of I will not sell. I will only sell at a premium. You're taking away land that I want to help develop. He had 60 percent of the parcels within that like 99 square acre site that they eventually will build the NGA on. Um Once that title sort of gets turned over to the city, and that's the effort that the city has done to basically say Bank of Washington, Northside Regeneration, you have no claim to any of this land whatsoever, it becomes – sort of an island within this development, but this is what McKee is counting on to allow Northside regeneration to sort of really happen. He thinks it's going to be like the catalyst to rebuild the Northside.
1: Well, the NGA project obviously is a very, very big deal and very important for St. Louis. Is it in any way, in any sense, in any kind of jeopardy because of all of this?
2: That's a question. Who knows? We have. We don't <laughs> yeah. know. Who knows? I, I am sure the Metro East delegation is is keeping a very close eye on this. They, they
1: wanted it at Scott.
2: They wanted it at Scott. Um, if you read the um, – the The site selection report that was released back in 2016, Scott Air Force Base makes to a, you know, logical, detached observer a heck of a lot more sense. It was clean land next to a secure facility already. Um, the consideration was, of course, that you don't want to move 3,000 well-paying jobs out of the city of St. Louis. And that was what ultimately ran uh, was sort of the overriding concern. But, yeah, that's a question that we have is did somehow – the city, you know, signing all of these different agreements and different sort of arms of the city signing and, and relying on different deals put that land transfer in jeopardy. What the city argues in its response to the Bank of Washington lawsuit is that there is no way for you to unwind this deal. It's not just simply a matter of, oh, Bank of Washington, you get title to this land back. We've They've already put out money. They've already done a ton of work on the site itself. But-
1: who knows The the genie is out of the bottle as far as, uh, as far as that is that, that is, is what concerned. the city is arguing. One yeah. of the things that occurs to me is the fact that uh, apparently it was President Obama who wanted the location here rather than Scott because he wanted it in an urban area and to kind of perk up the uh, the economy here, but given the uh, the way the current administration in Washington wants to kind of undo everything and anything that Obama was involved in that they might be amenable to. Uh, No, moving back across the river. (laughs) I mean,
2: it it is always a possibility. The question is now, how far along are they? What deals have already been signed between the federal government and city agencies uh, in terms of land clearance? Mm -hmm. Like, can you undo some of what's already been done? Had this come out, let's say, End of 2016, Mm -hmm. before you started seeing clearance work, before you had started um, all of the eminent domain cases that were required to get a hold of the necessary property. I think it would be a much different picture.
1: We have a couple of uh, tweets here I'd like to get into uh, the record here. Jake writes – Uh, Did McKee know that NGA wanted land on the near north side before anyone else? And was his redevelopment plan just a ruse to get the land on the cheap so he could personally profit with no intention to actually build anything? It's an interesting scenario, but it's pure conjecture, I would think, at this point.
0: I don't know that the timeline works out Ah. for that to be the case.
2: Yeah, I mean, he did start buying land but. up in like 2002, 2003, 2004, yeah. which would be early for the NGA to have been thinking about mm. needing to move. Remember, NGA's role has really sort of cemented war on kind of post war on terror as drones have started to develop. And I just don't know if back in 2002, 2003, they were recognizing the need to do it. Now, McKee himself will tell you that he was instrumental in
0: keeping it. So maybe he knew something was going on, but... And that's also not to say that he maybe didn't know about it by 2012 when he bought 1,200 additional properties from the city, some of which he later sold back back to them for the NGA. So that by that point, maybe he did know. But in 2002, I don't know that the NGA would have been...
1: Early in the game. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. I mean, that, that's awfully early, and I don't know that what the timeline is for the federal government to say, you know, 22 years down the line, we want to open this new spy facility because the technology that exists now would not have existed back in 2002 for the NGA to use the tools that it has.
1: How politically well-connected is McKee?
2: Well enough that he's been able to keep going. Yeah. Um, I mean... I actually just started poking around a little bit yesterday on um, the Missouri Ethics Commission website just to sort of look at who he donated to. And it wasn't large amounts he was throwing around, but back when he was trying to get a state tax credit passed, he was funneling some money through. I guess it's – I mean he does have – Uh, William Lacey Clay's, Congressman Lacey Clay's former chief of staff working as sort of an attorney for Northside. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, he's politically connected well enough as he he needs to be to sort of protect this project.
1: Another tweet here. um, Brett writes, McKee deceived the public from the start. City Hall aided and abetted him as well. Slay and the older people who allowed this need to be held accountable. That sound right?
0: I don't know that that's for us to say. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of sentiment to that um, extent, and I think to some degree that's what we've been not quite exactly hearing from members of the current administration. But you definitely sort of get the sense sometimes when you ask questions like, well, we didn't do this. That was the last
2: group. Um, Although the executive director of the St. Louis Development Corporation is the same person who was in place as this deal was being negotiated. However, I think
1: that's up
0: for everybody else to decide.
1: As we said earlier, it's a tangled web. One final question before we let you go. This is uh, via Curious Lewis. Who dropped the ball on overseeing the results of his projects? How could he keep getting more properties without showing results previously?
2: I mean, Kay, you're that's, the one who... Yeah, that's yeah. something
0: we've been trying to uh, figure out. I, I, that was a big question in my story, just because um, you know there were a lot of documents that people should have been receiving, and if they didn't receive them, who was checking up on it? Um, so so that is something I posed to the SLDC, at least in the case of a couple specific documents and just records related to McKee. And their response um, was that, well, we were supposed to be sort of keeping an eye on this. But, you know, McKee had been communicating with us regularly. So we sort of assumed that he was being uh, up front. And that, that's the closest answer to that question we've gotten so far. Still looking into it.
1: So many entities involved in this. It's really it's, hard. It's,
0: it's an alphabet.
2: One of the yeah. aldermen called it the alphabet soup. Yeah. You've mm-hmm. got, you know, the LCRA, the LRA, the SLDC, the, you know, ET phone home.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Rachel Littman and Kate Petron. Thank you. Thanks. This is a complicated story, but you're making it less so with your reporting. Thank you both. Thank, Thank you. you. Both. Yeah. This is St. Louis on the air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7. KWMU.